Okay, if you are new to the uh, light, we're in a series by Robert uh, Morris called uh, uh, Dreams to Destiny, and we're in the third week of that series. If you missed any of it, you can go back online and pick that up. Um, and it's all, it's about the life of Joseph. Uh, if you want to read ahead, read in the scripture, Genesis 37 to about Genesis 47 talks about the life of Joseph. And, uh, you know, we know from the scripture that, you know, that God had given this young man dreams and, uh, you know, he, he goes through these series of character tests and that's what we're talking about. We believe that, uh, you know, that God has given each of you a dream and he's given you a destiny and many of us cannot reach our destiny because we can't, we're stuck in the dream. It's like we live the dream, but we never really fulfill our destiny because of uh, the, some character flaws in our life for, won't support uh, the destiny that God has for us. And so in this series, this study, um, we're talking about, you know, how to overcome some of these flaws by looking at the life of Joseph. Uh, before we get there this morning, I want to show just a little segment of... Uh, of a clip from the film uh, Les Miserables, I guess, I, you know, however you say it. I mean, it's the, it's the French word everybody butchers, but uh, let me just show this little segment. Uh, it's very dark. I apologize for the quality, but really listen to this, uh, you know, just about forgiveness. Have I taken to the prison? You'll get six months. Six months? What about Cosette? What'll happen to her? Who is Cosette? My daughter. If I don't send the Thenardier's money, they'll turn her out. Is your daughter here in Vigo? No, sir. She lives with... Then she's not my concern. <laughs> Inspector! In Inspector! In Inspector, please listen to my side. I know I hit the gentleman. I know I was wrong. But do they have the right to put snow down my dresses, especially when it's the only one I have and I need it for work? Sorry, I don't mean to argue. It won't happen again. Inspector, please. Please be merciful. All right. I've listened to your side. You're still getting six months. Not even the eternal father. Yeah, get One time. moment, Inspector. Monsieur Le Maire? You. you did this to me. You fired me. You slacker! Come, come here! Let her go. What? Let me explain, Inspector. I was crossing the square when you arrested her. I asked people what had happened, and they said it was entirely the fault of the men who attacked her. In fact, they should be under arrest. Now that you've had this new evidence, I, I want you to release her. He said I can go. He is the mayor, isn't he? Well, I'll be going, then. I won't be any bother to anyone. Sergeant, who said she could go? I did. I am the final judicial authority here in Vigo, and I say she is innocent. She spat on you. She was upset. I forgive her. She insulted you. In front of my men, she defiled you. That's my concern, Inspector. No, sir, you were wrong. You and Monsieur Le Maire are the personification of order, morality, government. In fact, the whole of society. You don't have the right to forgive her for debasing all of us. You don't have the authority to destroy justice. I do have the authority, Inspector. Under Articles 9 and 11 of the Criminal Code, I can order her release. Sergeant, she is free to go. I cannot allow that, Monsieur. I was there. She attacked him. The decision is mine. She's free. She will not go free while I am in charge of this post. In that case, Inspector, under Article 66, you are relieved of command until tomorrow morning. Monsieur, you were dismissed. Inspector, 
Leave! Now! So you probably couldn't see it, but you know, really, the bottom line is, uh, you know, just this this whole sense of real deep forgiveness that uh, uh, the mayor was granting to this. She was a prostitute, by the way. Um, I don't believe that Joseph is in the study of uh, of uh, Joseph. I don't believe that he would have been in the position that he was in this God-given position, unless he had forgiven. I mean, you know, just like in, in this uh, video, uh, I mean, this lady spat upon him, insulted him, and he was still willing to forgive. And I believe that that was the heart of Joseph. But against his brothers, he was sold into slavery. We're going to pick up the story this morning, and, uh, you know, he goes down to Egypt, to Potiphar's place, sold into slavery, but we see in his life how God continued to promote him and how he continued to succeed. And we're going to talk about, you know, things that we can do in our life that will cause us to have the same kind of prosperity and success that Joseph had in his life. But I believe that it all started with just that, that willingness to forgive those that had harmed him. That's a word for some of you this morning that, you know, somebody may have harmed you, done wrong to you, said something bad about you. Um, you know, no matter what it was, if, you know, it's got to come from our heart. We've got to be willing to forgive. Uh, so we're going to pick up, if you didn't get a copy of the sermon notes, just raise your hand and we'll make sure you get a copy. But I'm going to begin reading, and uh, uh, this is Genesis 39. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's of, uh, officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites. Now remember last week we said that Joseph's brothers saw the Midianite uh, traders coming down and they sold him to the uh, Midianite traders. Uh, Midian was the region and uh, Ishmael was the descendant. Uh, they bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. And the Lord, listen to this, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. Now I want, you, I want to make sure you get that connection. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. Um, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, now notice this, notice this, that God had given him success in everything that he did. Joseph found favor in, the eyes, in his eyes, and he became his attendant. Now, just think about this. You've got an unbelieving uh, Egyptian master, Potiphar, he's not a believer in God, but God is blessing Potiphar's house just simply because Joseph is a believer and God's favor is upon him. Joseph found favor in his eyes and he became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and of everything that he owned, the Lord blessed the Lord blessed this unbelieving Egyptian because of, of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything that he had, 
and Joseph in charge. He did, with Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. This is kind of interesting, and I want to just uh, jump down to the uh, end of that chapter. It says that while Joseph was, uh, we, we stopped just before uh, Potiphar's wife seduces Joseph, and he's, we'll pick this up next week uh, in the purity test. Uh, this is the palace test right here. Uh, we talked about first the pride test and the pit test last week. Uh, this is the palace test, and again next week we'll talk about the, um, the uh, purity test. But while, now notice this, Joseph gets thrown into prison. It says, while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Again, we see that phrase, the Lord was with him. Um, and he showed him kindness. God showed him kindness and granted him favor uh, in the eyes of the prison warden. So that the warden put Joseph in charge of all that, uh, the, all of those that were held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. And the warden paid no attention to anything under the care under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. And then we see at the end of the story, remember that uh, uh, Joseph uh, out of prison, he goes into Pharaoh's court, and Pharaoh puts him in charge of everything in Egypt. And it kind of started with his father. Remember we talked a, a couple of weeks ago when we first began the series that, that Jacob loved uh, Joseph more than any of the other brothers. And, uh, you know, because the brothers knew that, because uh, Jacob showed him favor, uh, that his brothers despised him and hated him. So we see Joseph, just kind of his role is second in command. He was kind of like uh, Jacob's manager. Jacob sends him out to check on the flocks and check on his brothers. And then when he gets to... Uh, here in this story, Potiphar puts him in charge, kind of like second in command in his house. Then he goes into prison. He's kind of second in command in, in, in the prison. The prison warden puts everything in his charge, and then uh, Pharaoh does this. This is kind of his destiny. He's, he's meant to be, you know, second in command, the vice president. Um, so, so as we look at this, we look at uh, Joseph's life, and, and we see that in that incredible statement that the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor. How do we get that in our lives? Well, I think there's some things that we see that Joseph did uh, that are keys to uh, getting God's favor in our life like that, causing us to prosper and causing us to have success. So the first key to prospering we see is the presence of the Lord. We read several times that the Lord was with Joseph. So how do, you know, what is, the, what is the key? You know, how do we get the, you know, the presence of the Lord in our life? And I, I just want to say that there is a, uh, there's a hyper-prosperity teaching out there that, you know, I know it's there and I don't agree with it. Um, you know, you've heard the, the phrase, name it and claim it. You know, you just say you're going to get it and you get it. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I want to just say that it's out there. I understand that it's out there. But I believe at the same time, because we see that it's out there, that there is a biblical uh, principle about prosperity. And because of this hyper-prosperity teaching, I believe that we, even as the church, have, have shied away and kind of stayed away from the real biblical prosperity message. Uh, that God, I believe that God wants to prosper you in your marriage, in your job, in your family, with your children. I believe that God wants you to be a success in life. I mean, what good does it do to God? What good does it do to his kingdom if we're out there, you know, as miserable failures? I believe, but when God, when God has his favor on you, I mean, there, there's probably a thousand people in that prison, 
you know, there's only one story that we're reading about today. We're reading about the guy that was successful, the guy that was prosperous in prison. And I believe that the same thing is true in our lives today. I believe that God wants to be a blessing to you so that you in turn can be a blessing to others. So how do we get there? Well, the, the first thing, is, I think the first key is that we've got to have, as we see in the story about Joseph, is having the presence of God in our life. Um, you know, the Bible says that, that God, after Adam's sin, that God came to Adam and, and gave him an opportunity to repent it also says that he came to Eve and gave her a chance to, to repent, and uh, they continue to seek the Lord. But uh, we read in Genesis uh, chapter 4, verse 16, that Cain, when God went to Cain and began to speak to Cain, one of Adam and Eve's sons, it says that Cain went out, notice this, that Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. He chose to walk away from the presence of the Lord. Uh, I want to just share some scriptures with you about, you know, what God thinks about prospering. In Genesis chapter 26, it says that Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. I don't think that God is shying away. I mean, three times in this one verse, we read about the word prospering. And, and as I said earlier, I believe that there is a biblical um, there there is a biblical method and a biblical desire that God has for us to prosper. Not not the world's way, and maybe not the messages out there today. But I believe that there is a scriptural basis that God wants to see each of us prosper. Let's look at some other scripture in De Deuteronomy chapter twenty-nine, verse nine. He says, carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that you may prosper in everything that you do. In 2 Kings uh, 18, I believe this is about Hezekiah, says that he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among the kings of Judah, nor uh, who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him. That means that he was obedient in keeping God's word. But he kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered wherever he went. And then we read in, in 3 John chapter 2, verse 3, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things. Okay, what's that mean? You know the Greek translation of that means all things. Okay, all things. You know, in your marriage in your finances, in your home, with your children. You know, I, I think it would be great. You know, that, that word, uh, it's the same word that's used uh, in, uh, in Judges where it's talking about Samson, and it says that Samson defeated his enemies. And one of the words that he used is that, that he prospers, that God prospers him against his enemies. And what it really means is that God, it, the word means to thrust forward, to push forward. God was pushing him forward so that he would prosper with his, uh, with his, uh, against his enemies. Now, would that be okay with you if God would push you forward, that you would be successful in everything? Would that be okay with you? I believe that this is what God wants us to do. I believe that God wants to push us forward, to thrust us forward so that we're successful in everything that we did. Uh, and everything that we do. Now think about it for a second. You know, we've got Joseph in Potiphar's house. 
And, you know, Potiphar's like a, you know, probably like a general uh, in, Pharaoh's, in, in Pharaoh's guard. And he notices, he notices something about Joseph. He notices that, that because God is with Joseph, that he, Potiphar, is successful. That he is, his household is being blessed. I would just ask you this question. Does your boss or does your employer notice that he's successful because you're in his employment? I think that that's what God wants to happen. I, th I think that God wants to bless your employer, and maybe he's not a believer, and, and maybe he doesn't know the Lord, but remember, Potiphar didn't either. He didn't know the Lord, but God blessed him because of Joseph. I believe that there was something that, you know, that was going on that, that Potiphar would come home at night and he would see the success uh, of the yield from the field or whether it was in the house or whether, whether it was in the business, he would see the success of that and he would recognize that God is with this young man and I'm being blessed because of that. I believe that, uh, that Potiphar must have wondered, why? Who is this God? You know, I think it caused, uh, it caused a, a curiosity in Potiphar. I want that to happen with you in the place that you work, you know, that, uh, that your business or your boss's business is being blessed and being successful because you're there. Amen? All right. Let's continue on. So we see that the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Okay, well, then you're asking, you may be asking, what is the key to having the presence of the Lord in my life? The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. Let me just walk you through this. Second Chronicles chapter 17 verses 3 and 4. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because in his early years he walked in the ways of his father David. How did David walk? David walked in obedience to God. Uh, yes, he stumbled. Yes, he sinned. He failed. He had you know, made mistakes in his life, but he was always quick to repent and ask God to forgive him just as we should be when we fall and make mistakes in our life. It says uh, that the Lord was with him. Notice that the Lord was with Jehoshaphat and because the Lord was with him, he was successful, uh, he, he, and he prospered him. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, it says, In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. This is speaking about David. And when Saul saw how successful he was, how successful David was, he was afraid of him. Now look at 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 12. It says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. Why did the Lord leave Saul? Because Saul was disobedient. Remember, I think it's in 1 Samuel chapter 15 that he goes up against the uh, Amorites. God tells him to destroy them all. He, you know, saves some of the flocks. He goes in and picks some of the best of the things. He was disobedient to God. That one act of disobedience cost him the throne. That throne was intended to him just like it was intended to David forever, that he would have a descendant on the throne forever. But he, uh, he failed in his disobedience and his rebellion toward God. Remember that he said that he was going to use these animals to make a sacrifice. And that famous scripture that, you know, that most of you know where uh, Samuel says to him, to obey is better than to sacrifice. To obey is better, better than to sacrifice. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, he says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel. He says, I set before you a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, 
which I commanded you today, and the curse if you do not, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. The blessings if you obey, the curse if you disobey. In Job chapter 36, listen to this, it says, If they obey him and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. But if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. And then in Proverbs chapter 28, it says, He who covers his sins... Uh, but he who, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. So we see that the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord, and the key to the presence of the Lord is simply being obedient. You know, let me just say, and I just want to stop here, that, you know, I believe in grace. The Bible says that for by grace we are saved by faith and that not of ourselves. It's not of works, least any man should boast. We are saved. It's a gift. And if it's a gift, it can't be earned. God gives us this grace for salvation. But I also believe in obedience, that we need to obey God. And I believe that with obedience comes a promise from God that God will bless us. There's just that extra measure of blessing as we obey God. And so we see that... Uh, that the key to uh, the presence of the Lord is obedience, and the key to obedience is faith. Now, you know, I want to just say to us today that many of us have more faith in our hot water heaters than we do in God. I mean, we'll turn on the hot water, and we'll sit there and wait and wait and wait, because we know it's coming. Eventually, it's coming. We've got this hot water heater down in this place in Texas that we, our daughter stays in. I promise you, you can turn on the hot water, you can go make and have a cup of coffee and come back, and it's cold water will still, I mean, it must be plumbed to the neighbor's house. I mean, it takes forever for the hot water to get there. But yet I keep going back because I know eventually the hot water is going to show up. That's the way that we need to be with God. You know, we keep going back. We keep going back. You know, God may have promised you something. You may be waiting on something from God right now. Maybe God has given you a promise, a word. You have a hope. You have a dream, and it hasn't shown up yet. I just want to encourage you to keep waiting because a word from God is sure and true, and eventually it will come to pass. We read in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise. Now listen to this. The rest of that scripture, that's usually where we stop. But the rest of that scripture says that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now see, God's saying that if we're obedient, that it will go well with us. It will go well with you. You'll be recognized. You'll be recognized in, in, in public. You'll be recognized at work. It, you, the favor of God will be on you, and, and people will be scratching their heads wondering what's happening, what's going on in this individual's life. You know, we were, as we were talking about the hot water, we just moved. We sold our house. Many of you know this. We sold our house just a, a week before Christmas, had to be out, moved to a new house. The day we moved into the new house, it was 12 degrees. I think it was minus 3 this morning. It was cold. We moved in this new house. It's got radiant floor heat. I don't know if you know anything about radiant floor heat, but it takes about two days for it to actually get to temperature, okay? 
And so, I mean, Nina and I are, are huddled around. It's got a, a kitchen range that's got like six burners on it. I mean, we are huddled around this thing, warming our hands and, you know, trying to get warm. And uh, I think the house had been used as like a vacation rental, like, you know, a couple of weeks at a time. Because the lady's got, I'm not kidding you, a catalog of instructions on what to do. And one of the things to do and not to do, it has a wood stove in it. And she says, don't fire up the wood stove. Well, when the, uh, when the radiant heat, after two days when the uh, boiler reaches a room temperature, then the boiler shuts down. It's broken. And it breaks. You know, these things never happen during the week. It always does it on a Saturday. And so on Saturday, we're out of heat, and I'm calling three or four guys to try to get someone to come. And uh, it's just like, you know, people are not answering their phone. They got their voicemail on. They don't want to come out on Saturday on a cold day. Uh, so finally, I called Rocky, and he came out and uh, took a look at it, told us what the problem was, but couldn't fix it until uh, till Monday. So I decided I'm going to go buy a cord of wood. So I flag one of these guys down on the road. I buy a cord of wood. I get it to the house, and we start putting wood in the wood stove. And I'm not kidding you. You know, uh, have you ever seen that uh, the... Um, I think it was probably at White Sands when they set off the first nuclear bomb, you know, just, uh, I'm not kidding you, that mushroom cloud, it was just like it totally filled the room. I mean, you know, it's like Nina's on, on one end of the couch and I'm on the other end of the couch and we can't see each other. Uh, and we're trying to stay warm. Uh, you know, I, I found a lot of excuses to go back to the store. If I could just get in my truck and turn on the heater, I knew I could get warm. But, uh, you know, uh, we, you know, uh, eventually, you know, I had faith that this boiler was going to start working. It was taking a while, taking a lot longer than I wanted it to, but I had faith that if we could get a technician there that could fix this boiler, the house would get warm. It's uh, this morning we left, and uh, it's getting getting warmer, not there yet. But uh, I, I believe that God wants, to wants us to have that kind of faith. Even though there are obstacles in the way and things aren't going the way that we want, I believe that the Lord wants you to... You know, just stand upon the Word of God, the promise of the Word of God. What has God said to you? What is, what is God speaking to you? And even this morning, you know, we say week after week that I believe, and, and I've heard the testimonies of some of you, that, you know, that God just, like, shows up, okay? Like, when God's Word goes forth from here, and it's not me, and it's not our worship team, it is the Spirit of God, and it's the Word of God, and as the Word of God goes forth, and some of you are latching onto that Word, you, you know, it's kind of like, sinking into your hearts and your lives. I remember when I first got saved, and I was going to these Bible studies, and it was like, you know, when the Word of God was being preached, I could almost see it like these musical notes, except they were letters, and it was just like it was coming off of the page and coming out of the guy's mouth, and it was just like that stream streaming into my heart, and God was just like sowing the Word of God into my heart. I want to just tell you, that's why it's so important. You know, I believe that Joseph was blessed because he obeyed the Word of God. If you want that blessing, if you want that same blessing in your life, if you want that same success in your life, you are going to have to obey the Word of God. Is there something this morning that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about that you've been walking in disobedience in? And if so, you just need to lay it before God. You need to say, Lord, I've been disobedient in this. You know, I thought that I knew better, but, you know, my life could be so much better if I was obeying God's Word, if I was listening to the Word of God. Is this making sense to you guys? All right, so the key to obedience is faith. We read uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 
And then notice Luke chapter 16. And I hear people say this all the time. You know that uh, if I had a better job, if I had a better job, I'd work harder. Let me just tell you, God's not going to give you a better job until you're faithful where you are. Notice what the scripture says, Luke chapter 16. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you uh, what is your own? And then in Matthew chapter 25, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And then in Hebrews chapter 3, and this, this really kind of stood, uh, uh, the scriptures that I'm sharing with you this morning, this one really kind of jumped out at me. Listen to it. We'll break it down. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. Those that didn't enter in his rest were those that didn't obey. So we see that they could not enter, talking about the promised land, because, look at that next word. I mean, to me, that next word should be because they didn't obey. But he says that they didn't enter in because they didn't believe. They didn't enter in to God's promises because they didn't believe. So the key to obedience is faith. And you ask, what is the key to faith? Well, the key to faith is hearing the word of God. We read in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. I just want to encourage you guys, you know, that, you know, get in your cars, you're driving to work, turn on a tape, turn on, uh, you know, we've got uh, here in the lobby, we've got uh, CDs, we've got the New Testament on tape. Listen to the Word of God. Get the Word of God in you. In Luke chapter 11, notice how important it is, and Jesus says it's important in this passage of Scripture. As Jesus was saying these things, he was out preaching one day, and a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. That word simply means happy, blessed. And we are blessed when we hear the word of God and obey it. Uh, all the success, we look at Joseph's life just one more time. Whether it's in Potiphar's house or whether it's in prison, you know, here's a man that was a man that prospered. He was successful in everything that he did because the Lord is with him, or the Lord was with him. I want the Lord to be with you. Would you stand with me, please? Let me just encourage you, Wednesday night, uh, we're, we're in this two more weeks. We're doing three weeks uh, last week, uh, this next Wednesday night. Uh, that, uh, that is the 16th and I think the 23rd of the dates. But the Tuesday before, on Tuesday of this, uh, this week, Tuesday evening, we start fasting. And if you've never fasted before, if you've never been a partaker of that, I encourage you to do it. It's like, it's what moves, the Bible says it's what moves mountains. Uh, in Luke chapter 17, uh, Jesus and his disciples are, uh, uh, his disciples are trying to, attempting to cast out a demon out of a man uh, and, uh, or out of his son. They weren't able to do it. And they asked Jesus later on, and he says, this kind comes out uh, only by prayer and fasting. You know, if you need a mountain moved, and he goes on to say in Luke 17, that if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be plucked up and moved into the sea. 
Some of you have mountains in your life, and they were there two years ago, and they were there last year. And if you don't do something about it, they'll be there at the end of 2013. I believe that God has given us 2013 just as a year of the favor of the Lord. And, uh, you know, what good is favor if you don't use it, if you don't accept it, if you don't enter into it? It's kind of like having being sick and having medicine in the medicine chest or the cabinet, but not taking it. God is offering you his favor, his kindness, his goodness, his favor. And in this series, Dreams to Destiny, I believe that, you know, if, if, if you will just take heed to the word of God and we listen to uh, and, and, and watch uh, what God did in the life of Joseph and these 10 character tests, I believe that if you're faithful to listen, to obey, and to do what God did in Joseph's life, allow God to do in your life, at the end of this 10-week series, I believe you'll be a different person. And I believe that people will recognize that you're a different person because God is with you. I want God to be with you. I want God to be with you as you walk out this building today. I want your light to just radiate so that men and women throughout this community will ask you what's going on. I had this opportunity just a, a couple of weeks ago um, having uh, just invited to a lunch and uh, just just there at this at the lunch at the, at the table uh, there with this lady there was about uh, 10 or 12 of us there and just I don't it was just like sovereignly just everybody left the table except for this lady and myself and you know what she said she said tell me your story tell me your story she didn't ask me to preach didn't ask me to open up the Bible, but she recognized that there was something that was going on in my life that she needed to have in her life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that God's going to give you an opportunity to tell your story. 